0: conversational podcast about personal financial topics aimed at improving conversations about money in your marriage so you can reach your dreams together. This is a weekly discussion brought to you by a seemingly financially incompatible couple bonded by the legal contract of marriage. My name is David, your favorite saver, and I am joined by my sugar mama, Heather. You
1: know, here's $20. Why don't you go pick out something nice for yourself?
0: (laughs) How generous of you. Oh, what would I do without you? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Well, as usual, we have another great (laughs) show for you planned today. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about managing the dynamics of different incomes. So income disparity in marriage.
1: That sounds kind of negative. Despair. -er disparity but well differences
0: we're we're talking about differences not despair so it doesn't have to be despair it shouldn't be despair for people and and I hope this isn't despair for people because I think this is something that most couples deal with at some level or another so granted most couples don't make exactly to the penny the same amount there's always someone that makes at least one penny more
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this has got to be very common. It'd be completely crazy that people are making the same amount, even if you're both working, right? So someone is always probably making more money. Right. Or, you know, you can be the traditional path where one spouse is staying at home and not bringing in an income. Um, or even a little bit more non traditional is that, that that spouse is the husband, which is becoming more and more common, which I love.
0: So you love that that husbands aren't making money is that what i'm <laughs> well, hearing not
1: my husband but
0: <laughs> so you wish i wasn't but making I think money it's good that we're challenging. i guess maybe i should quit my job just that's like, what i'm hearing
1: just like it's becoming more common that the woman is making more money i think it's great that like the woman has the option to be the professional or you know make more money it's also okay if the dad it, wants to stay at home and and uh take care of the family i think it's great
0: Yeah, definitely. I think we each need, I think the the important piece here is that people need to play to their strengths and we need to be comfortable with that. But, but I think this can ultimately cause some arguments or it can create some tension in a marriage because, because it could be that, that one spouse comes from a background where either both people brought in income and now one of them isn't bringing in income or one spouse brought in, maybe maybe traditionally, the, the man brought in more money than than the woman. And now they're having to work through that as well. And that could cause some, some tension.
1: Right. Well, I think this is a very common situation. I would also be shocked if people told me this was not an issue or something they had to work through in their marriage. I would not believe them. I would challenge that. Because I agree with you. I think this is hard. And I think especially a lot of times... In men, it could become an an ego issue, um, you know, if the woman's making more. or it, Anyway, there's a lot of issues I think that could arise with this, which is why it's very common that there's going to probably be this issue, whether you're both working or one of you isn't working. But it is something that you're going to have to work through as a couple.
0: And and I think it's important for us to talk about this today because this is something that we've had to work through as well. Because we are we're in a situation um, like – I assume most everyone else, where where we make different amounts of money between the two of us. In this case, Heather makes more than I do, and so this is something that we've had to have conversations about, we have to have make decisions about, and it's just part of our, our financial life. And now I understand it's going to look different for for couples in which one spouse maybe doesn't work at all. It's going to be a different story. We get that. And maybe we may, might not be able to speak perfectly to that here today, but, but we can still, we still believe we can, we can offer some perspective on, uh, different income levels and what that means for a marriage.
1: Yeah. And I, it's kind of a funny story. So I, I was reading this article and it said in here that, um, you know, 54% of men and 57% of women say they want a partner who provides financial security over love. So more than half of the people want that. And I remember when I was single and I was working in public accounting and I was meeting with my manager and they had asked me about like, hey, what is your long term? What is your five year goal? And I said, my goal is to marry rich and quit. <laughs>
0: And, and you were serious. <laughs> I was. I was like,
1: that's what I want to do. I'm in this profession. I'm meeting a lot of men, making a lot of money. Um, that is my five-year plan. That <laughs> five-year plan did not work out very
0: well. W- what are you saying about my income I
1: level? was in the less than <laughs> 50% where I actually chose love.
0: So you're, you're saying <laughs> not that I don't have financial
1: security. I chose both. You're saying I, I didn't both.
0: do very good career wise. I chose you. both. Good, good to hear. Good to know. Yeah. No, I mean, I I get it. I get it. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's important. Is that um when you have to identify what's important to you, and I think it is kind of surprising that most people would say would choose money over love, or assume that the love will follow, and it's harder harder to find someone that makes money which is, is kind of interesting. But I I think the point is, is that I think our situation is very normal. And I think that, um, you know, it's, it's like we said, it's just, just increasingly more common that, uh, that wives will make more than their husbands. And this is something that traditionally has been challenging for husbands to work through because I I think it's something and it's, you know, I Honestly, I, I probably haven't had as big of a time with it as as a lot of guys would. Um, but I I do want to feel like I contribute. And so I think that, that the big thing, at least from a male perspective here, the reason that this is such an issue is that traditionally men are the providers. And our value comes from what do we bring into the table a lot of times. And if we're not able to bring... The majority of the table, then we might feel like we've failed as providers. Now, me, like I would feel like I'd failed if I'm not bringing something to the table. Like I, I feel like I would really struggle if I wasn't working at all. Now, I'm bringing something, so I feel like I feel like I have. I feel like I'm not struggling quite as much as as a lot of guys would.
1: Right, but and I think that's a really good segue into. What we wanted to talk about with what are the issues that arise, yes. and I think that's a big one, right? Um, is is the guilt, like wanting to provide, and I think, you know, you said it as men that they want to feel like they're contributing, and so to your point, as long as you're contributing, but like we talked about in the intro, like some men are now staying home with their kids and raising the family, and I think that's
0: that's contributing really
1: great, exactly to
0: to, to what I was saying earlier. That yeah. is contributing,
1: yes. Yeah. And and I think that that's one of the biggest issues in this, and and, and neither of us can really really relate to that because um, both of us are working. But I know for a, a lot of people out there who do stay at home, there is often guilt that they have, and I'm not saying that's right, but that becomes the issue is that they there's maybe potentially guilt about not working, even though to your point they're contributing and probably arguably contributing <laughs> even more by doing a lot of the work around the home and raising children, but well,
0: yeah. And and I have guilt today oftentimes about spending money on myself and I'm working. And so I can only imagine that like, if I was spending money on myself and I wasn't working, I would feel even more guilt. Um, and I know that's, that's the saver side of me coming out and maybe it's a little excessive to, to feel that guilt. I get it. I that's, that's, we all have our issues to work through and that's mine. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I, I can definitely relate to this one.
1: Right. Another issue that's really common is resentment. And this is kind of usually with the the, the spouse that's making more money, you know, will sometimes resent the other spouse. And and I would say I struggled with this not so much about the income disparity. It wasn't because of the income disparity. It was about um I struggled like when I was single, I made my own money, I did what I wanted. And I resented more when we got married having to answer to someone and not be able to do what I want. I felt like I work hard. I make good money. I want to be able to control it. But I realized now that that was super selfish and I was wanting to do what I wanted and not what we wanted. And we weren't on the same page. And so I think that's where that resentment came from. It wasn't that, hey, i make more money. I should be able to do it. It was more I make money and I've been able to control it and be in power of it. And I resent you now for trying to control what I'm doing
0: with it. And I think that's a big growing point in marriages in general. And it, it, yes, it probably comes out most on the money side, but when you have to just in a marriage, you have to be in community. You have to be one with someone else. You have to, um, you have to let someone else be able to m- help make decisions in your life in marriage. That's a big step. That's a big sacrifice. And so, yeah, totally get that one. Um, the, the, the third issue that, that we see come up is around power struggles and how one the person that makes the money is like, yep, I can do what I want with it because I make the money. Um, and i know I saw that in at times in in like my parents marriage where they would um like my my dad might want to to purchase a you know purchase a toy he, he was into some model airplanes or he had he was really excited about a boat and yep he he wanted to do that and so he got to do that but but it was like okay is that are we are we doing that? Are we having a conversation together about that? And I think there's something to be said from seeing that um, and and the lesson that you take away from what you see maybe from your parents from what, what they did well or what they may ha- have had room for improvement in that we can learn from.
1: Yeah, I mean, whether you want to admit it or not, power um, we equate power and money together. So if you have money, it equals power. You have power over people or you feel like you do, right? And so I think that's where this one comes into. Uh, and I would agree. I mean, I saw it. it. wasn't necessarily, I feel like, a power struggle. But, I mean, to your point, I think you see a lot in your family. Like, I remember growing up and I about just differences in, in what my parents wanted to do with the money. And I think that's more what it came to down to. It wasn't a power struggle, but because everybody has different desires. I mean, even if you're a saver, even if you're David Pryor, who's a super <laughs> saver, you know, you're saving for something. You have a desire there, oh, right? Oh, yeah. And so it's just, if you're on different pages, like I remember, you know, my mom would want to save up so we could go on a family vacation and take that week together as a family and go somewhere and spend that time together. Um, And my dad wasn't, I don't know that that was always a priority. He was a workaholic, he wanted to work more. It was, I don't think that was a value, but then all of a sudden my dad would come home with a new car without like talking to anybody. And it was just like, what? Like we can afford a new car, but we couldn't like go on this little trip as a family. So I again, I think it goes back to, you know, again, what what your desires are. And then again, whether you are the one that has the power or the money, you feel like sometimes you have the power to make that decision.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's about the, the priorities and who has the power to, to set those priorities. And oftentimes if you're making more money, you feel like, oh, I have the power to make that decision because I'm making the money yeah yeah um, and, and then of course th- this th- this power dynamic can often lead then to lying about money, right because if if you feel like you're lacking the power, if you have power, you probably don't feel like you need to to lie about your money because you're like, no, I have the right to do this because it's my money. But if you feel like you're the one that doesn't necessarily have the power uh, to, to make those decisions, then you feel like you have to operate under the radar. You have to do things subvertly. You might have to lie about where money is going, um, and, and this kind of gets back to our transparency episode from a, a few episodes back. Uh, and and you get to into some some bad bad behavior there.
1: Yeah, and especially again, like I, to your point, I think it comes down to you know a lot of times. I remember growing up, you know, my mom stayed at home; she worked part time, and my dad worked, right? But a lot of times the person staying home is the ones doing most of the spending because they're the one taking care of the kids. So they're going to the grocery store. They're the ones going to Target. They're the ones buying school supplies and buying clothes for the kids, taking them to doctor's appointments. And so I know that that can kind of feel like, oh, gosh, you know, all I did today was run errands and spend all this money. um, And that might upset the spouse. So I know sometimes you might feel like I need to hide that or even though, it's things that you may have even agreed upon and obviously important things. It's not even, you know, special or splurges. It's just, you're the one that's <laughs> spending the money on the thing because you have the time and the availability. But again, as long as you have a plan, you're on the same page. It's not a reason to hide it or feel like you should have to hide it. Right.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and then you know, all these these things can all lead to these can lead to divorce. Like you can, if you if you're fighting all these issues, if you have um, if you're having these disagreements, these these are all disagreements that pile on to likely other money disagreements that you have, and that ultimately heads you down a bad road and we it's so that that's what makes communication about these so critical is that none of us want to end up um in in the divorce area and so let let's let's steer clear there as best po- as possible to make sure we're aligned on uh, on our priorities and our decisions um where we need to be going in order to um yeah hit our goals
1: yeah i mean just to be clear income inequality or income disparity alone does not no, cause divorce not right at all. it's because we it's, all have it. Yeah, everybody has that. It's combined with these other issues that we're talking about. It might lead to lying or hiding or you're you're feeling guilt or resentment or all these other issues that we talked about. Those can like boil up to create to, okay, this is causing a big problem that we, we didn't talk about. We didn't deal with it. And so it can ultimately, right, lead to divorce. So as we, I mean, that's why we feel so passionate about this podcast is that money issues are a really significant cause of divorce. And there's really no reason because you just, there's a lot of ways to work around it. And so we really want to make sure people
0: and you know don't, don't end up in that Right. Camp. And we, we started this, we, you recall, we, we said, Hey, at the beginning of this episode, we said, this is normal. This is all normal. And so this is normal tension that everyone experiences to a certain extent or another. And so it's just granted some, some more than others, but everyone has this at some level. So we need to handle this appropriately. and, and what is the right way to handle this and address it? Well, first, as I already mentioned, great communication. I, you know, wait,
1: what's that word?
0: <laughs> communication. We, Let's we, talk to each other. Have we
1: ever mentioned communication it, on this podcast? It seems, I feel like that is like a new idea. Oh,
0: yeah, it seems to come up in every single <laughs> episode and. I, I know it, it's like we are just a broken record on this communication train. And, you know, there's so many different ways to communicate and there's so many ways to do it right. And there's a lot of ways to do it wrong. Um, and we don't have time to get into a lot of detail here. But I think, you know, you stay talking to each other, always be talking to each other about, about what's happening here.
1: Right. I mean, again, you guys signed up for this partnership. You're on the team, you're in this team together and you are on the same team. So you shouldn't be treating things like a competition or a battle. Like you need to be working together. And the only way you're going to do that is to get on the same page and know you're on the same page and commune is through communication. And,
0: and when we started communicating specifically about income disparity, one of the things that we needed to do, Heather, was we needed to say <clears throat> which which one of our careers needs to take a front seat when we have to make a decision and which takes a back seat? Yeah. Which do we need to make the priority? And ultimately looking at our two careers, we said, you know, it looks like Heather's career probably has bigger legs. And so we're going to make, we're going to make that bet, you know, early on in our marriage that this is where the priority is going to be. And so that's where it's been for pretty much the entirety of our marriage. Maybe it was a couple of years in that we finally had to say, yeah, we need to make a call on whose career we're focusing on. Um, But, but we had to have those, those conversations because otherwise, if we didn't, then we'd be bickering back and forth about, well, we got to make this move for my, my career or that one for your career or our careers would conflict otherwise.
1: Yeah, exactly. We really learned we had to, to make a choice and we had to make a decision. And it's not that the other one, the other one's career wasn't important, but when it came down to making decisions and we had a choice to make, you know, we had already talked about it and we knew where we were going to prioritize. And the other thing is, is it's not that that couldn't change. That's a topic that you can revisit. It doesn't have to say like, well, since we decided that when we first got married, this Heather's career is going to be the focus. That doesn't mean that that can't change down the road. And that conversation needs to keep coming up and making sure that is still the plan, and where you still want to prioritize.
0: And certainly, certainly, as career options have come up for you, we've had that conversation again, and we've had to say, "Is how how much of a negative impact would this career move have on my career? Right? And is it worth it? Right? And so it's always uh, weighing those the pros and cons." Um, across the family rather than just across if it's good for your career, but it kills my career. It's probably not worth doing.
1: Right. But I remember, I remember when um, I was at work and got told about the opportunity for Singapore, I was completely shocked. I didn't know it was coming. It was complete like out of left field. And I remember coming home that night and I obviously had kind of told David, you know, shared over text or whatever, but hadn't gotten to the details. And I, I was fully prepared that I was going to have to say no to to it, even though I really wanted it because I was just like, I don't know how this is going to work for him. And even though we're prioritizing me, like it still needs to work for you as well. Right. And I remember coming home and you being like, I want to make this work. If we can, if we can make this work, I want to do whatever I can. And I was just like blown away and we were able to, but again, you know, it, it had to work for you. Right. And we were able to make it work for
0: you. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that wouldn't have happened if we weren't in constant communication about these things. So right. I, I think that's really the big lesson here. At least it, it, that, that's why it's number one on my list here. Um, secondly, also another great way to stay communicating is through general good money management practices. Um, and I would say number one in, in that list of money management practices would be looking at your budget, Do, having that that monthly or whatever, that that regular budget discussion and mo- those money conversations to say, where are we going? Are, what are we doing? Is it in line with our goals? Um, and it reemphasizes the fact that this isn't my money, this isn't your money, this is our money that we're planfully working around. And so it, it takes some of that it, it takes some of that that back and forth or that that ownership of this is mine. I get to make do whatever I want with it out of it.
1: Yeah, and if you are a little unsure of what good money management looks like, I would suggest this awesome podcast called Marriage of Money that <laughs> um, you're listening to right now. We've got a lot of other episodes that you can go back and listen to to help uh, guide the path.
0: We've got some great episodes on budgeting <laughs> even. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> To add on to the good money management, I think another huge area is having shared goals. It really, really starts there. And I think that is super key to having a successful um, money management in your marriage. You really need to be on the same page and working towards the same thing. Uh, you know, when you think about it, when you're at work or if you were in, when you were at school and you were working on a project together, it didn't really matter who did what or who spent how much time or effort. It was the team effort to reach the goal and complete it. Everybody worked together. Everybody had their p- place. You knew what you were working towards, and you succeeded. And that's how you really need to be working as a couple: agreement, aligning on aligning on what you're working towards, and being on you're on the same team. You're working towards the same thing.
0: What happens if one of the one of the pre- people on your team is the person that just kind of sits in the corner and and coasts along, and hope hopefully gets the same A you do? <laughs>
1: You may have chosen poorly in marriage. No, yeah.
0: <laughs> no I, I mean, hopefully that's not the case for anyone, right? I mean, you, ideally, the the thought is is that you picked a spouse that is is in this with you and wants to succeed as badly as you do. Um, I would say, like, if if you're in that situation though, this is where you need to have conversations to to get inspired together on what you're working towards. There's got to be something in there. There's got to be a goal that your spouse is just as, or if not more excited to reach uh, than you are. And so I I would say in that situation, it's probably more an issue of you haven't found a common goal that person's excited about yet than anything else. Um, That's, at least that's my initial thought.
1: Yeah. And I think the other thing on that though, is you do, you should think about having equal amounts of work in your family. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, it doesn't mean that, oh, if I did this chore, you do this chore. You know, I think you need to figure out what that balance looks like, but I agree with you. Like, that feels really crappy if one person is doing everything. If they're working full-time, they're taking care of the house, they're doing everything, and the other spouse is just working or something. You know what I mean? Like, you need to make sure that you both feel, to your back to your point at the very beginning, that you're both contributing, not just financially, but contributing to the marriage, and that you do feel that it's equally spread across your partnership.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I think ultimately this gets down to a mindset shift, right? It's you want to, you want to have that shared. You, you want to be, you want to each be contributing equally. It might be differently, but equally, but you also want this mindset shift of it's not, it's not my money. It's our money. It's not, I'm not, you don't want this mindset of I'm the one making all the money. So I make all the decisions or, You're the one who makes all the money, and so I guess I can't say anything about it. Um, No, no. it's This is a couple. You're in this as a couple. You're in this as a married couple. You need to shift that mindset so that you are comfortable having these these conversations together.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Again, back to – I just keep going back to the concept of a team because I think it works so perfect here. You are married. You are part of a team. How do teams work? They – Plan together. They strategize. They practice together. They 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 play the game. They win. They lose. They get rewarded. They do all of that together. And so, you and your spouse need to be working together through all of this, um, all of these issues. Communicating, setting your goals, being on the same page. I'm on Team Prale, and I'm super <laughs> proud to be part of Team Prale.
0: <laughs> I'm happy to be on Team Prale as well.
1: It might have been a little better if it was Team Williams, my main name, because it was a lot easier to sell, um, <laughs> spell and pronounce, but that's okay. We made the decision. Team Braille. Team Braille for the win. For the win. All right. So we want you to continue this discussion with your spouse. Um, so sit down again. Is this something that you've ever thought about? I'm guessing yes, probably a million times. Um, do you know? Ask your spouse that. Ask them, have they thought about it? Maybe you haven't actually talked about it, but you've both just, inter, you know, internalized it. So talk about, you know, what do you think or feel about this topic? Um, have you guys spoken about it? Do you do you know if this is an issue in your marriage? Maybe this is kind of what's coming out. You didn't even realize this was the underlying uh, reason. So have the conversation. Make sure that you guys are on the same page. And if you're not, get on the same page on this topic. So David obviously we've spent a lot of time talking about this tonight or on this podcast. <laughs> so what would you say are the advantages of having different levels of income?
0: Well, I think, I think one of the, the, the biggest advantage is that it helps you. Um, it, it forces you to make some certain decisions. So we talked a little bit about having to prioritize your career over mine. And I think that's been really helpful in that, it removes it removes a lot of the the question or then around what what should we do when we each have potentially conflicting but but good opportun- career opportunities like we know the answer then it simplifies things it it also helps us i think define i don't know define roles a little bit more clearly right so you you talked about shared work um, and shared, but but maybe not necessarily equal. So it, it could be one person needs to work more hours. You know, you need to you need to work work nights, days and nights, or or you need to do whatever you have you have to do some some items that require the other person to to pick up a few more chores around the house. I think those roles then help to get defined a little bit easier. When you're both aligned on where the priorities are based on that income disparity, so I, I think if you're having those conversations, a lot of the a lot of the issues that other spouses might might have to argue about don't you're not arguing about because they've ended up having to sort themselves out here. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it's really good. You're really good. I love when things are simple.
0: Great point. <laughs> you, you like simple. I so like so simple. what what do you think are some of the advantages?
1: Well, I think having different income levels makes budgeting more complex, which is more fun for me when I'm working in Excel. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
0: You you um, like complex budgets. You like the difficult numbers. You like
1: a little challenge when I'm yeah. working in good yeah. go, Excel. Of no. Honestly, for me, I I just um I just thought it was a bonus getting married and having two incomes. For me, it meant more income with <laughs> one set of living expenses was like, we are going to win. It's
0: all about the money. Huh? Um,
1: but, but, but what I think is something that's fun that you and I have tried to do has been to try to live on one income. So even though we've got two incomes, let's try it. Because who knows what the situation would happen, if things would change. And so we've tried to, and we started with the higher one. And we said, okay, we're going to live on the higher income and try to save the lower one. And since then, we've tried to swap it and say, okay, now let's try to live on the lower income and save the higher income. And I think we wouldn't have thought to do that if we'd both made the same amount. So I think it can help you become more aggressive in your goals just um, by maybe trying that little challenge. You're maybe something from fun for you and your spouse to talk about.
0: You've become a better saver as a result of this.
1: Exactly. I like the
0: sound of that. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> good. Awesome. Well, wonderful. Um, I, I think that about wraps up our conversation for today. Thank you so much, Heather, for, for a wonderful discussion. Uh, but we would love to continue to hear how your conversations about money have gone or to take your questions on a future episode. Please go ahead and email us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at marriage.and.money. Also, Continue to rate and review us on iTunes as that continues to help us reach more people. Thanks again for joining us this week, and remember that whether you are a spender or a saver, your best financial life lies somewhere in the